Good morning and welcome to the Chiropractic Wide podcast. Today I'm here with the most amazing Travis. Travis, thank you very much for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Travis, how many clinics do you have now here over here in Holland? Uh, we have six top chiros in the Netherlands. Cool. Yeah. So six practices here and a load of chiropractors. Yeah, a load of great chiropractors. <laughs> you do have some. I will give you that. You've got some amazing guests. And how long have you been over here now in, in Holland? I came here in May of 2009, so it looks like we're just over the 10-year mark now. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I have been. But uh, we opened Top Cairo in uh, 2011. It's crazy. So that was about nine years. So next year is our 10-year anniversary. And how long were you on your own for? Or did you start with somebody else? You bring another chiropractor in? You here in the Netherlands? Yeah. Or when I started Top Cairo? When you started Top Cairo? Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was about In fact, tell us the whole story. How did it work? Oh, well, now, now, now. Yeah, we started 2011. It was just me and my girlfriend at the time. And we were, it's so embarrassing. Looking back, it's embarrassing. But basically rented a room from, in the back of a massage clinic. Nice. And it was crazy. Uh, quite a few lessons learned there <laughs> but uh yeah it was by myself and it was just one room computer and a pay machine where they came in absolutely zero procedures and just kind of winging it and just like this rebellious attitude i didn't like who i was working with i'm gonna do it better on my own and uh and i'm glad i did but uh it, it really developed some grit yeah because you quickly learn and that's why i can't help i mean i really my heart goes out to students but you and i were talking the other day like man students they, they've got it all figured out you know until you go, <laughs> until you go into business um it's it's quite an eye-opener but i love uh, i still get it i still get business advice from students that haven't graduated yet never had a job and uh yeah but i really wish them the best and they are in a tough position sometimes they get bad information maybe from their instructors or from some seminar they go to and then immediately they like this is how it's going to be when I, when I graduate I mean it's a tough one isn't it because I think um, obviously one of the main roles of a college should be to make uh, chiropractors safe however I certainly feel in Europe that would become a lot of the focus rather than graduating good chiropractors with a great opportunity for success I would agree instead of becoming like a, an amazing clinician yeah which makes uh, business success a lot easier um, it's all about what you said safety like uh, how to avoid legislation yeah not yeah, yeah. get results for the client but how to um, avoid legislation or ridicule from another profession be safe yeah right beige appeal to your insecurities and not to your um, desire to help others that's uh, kind of how yeah, I mean, the other thing we chat about a lot is, um, well, not a good amount, is sort of the immigrant effect, as in when you've left your own country, do you think that has given you a great opportunity? Is that something you would recommend for students? How did you find, tell us all about it. Yeah, you brought that up. I was talking about, uh, how were we, we were mentioning something, just like when you leave home, like some, something about growing up in a small town and never leaving. Um, the people you surround yourself with, it's like they become a cage and they don't allow you to grow or reinvent yourself. Or, well, they or, can. Let's they say could. They, can. they, they say could. Can. But, it's, they can. but it's incredibly difficult. And then you brought up that you said the immigrant effect. And, and I really identify with that. Being thousands of kilometers away from my um, family and friends that saw me a certain way uh, allowed me. I no longer had to play to that or live up to some old expectations or how they, you know, saw me as a child. Uh, I think going away is a, is a huge opportunity 
And a lot of chiropractors, uh, as chiropractors, we have that opportunity. That's what I did. As soon as I graduated, I was in Malaysia. Right after school, I went to Malaysia. I was there for a year. And that, that was uh, also profound, right? But yeah, I agree. I think there is, we're at a very amazing time at the moment in chiropractic where when you graduate, if you want to, there are some amazing opportunities out there to learn, to travel. Um, I've been fortunate in the last couple of years to go around and see some amazing practices that uh, haven't been around too long, but are really moving in the right direction. And yeah. it's been one of the most beautiful things probably in the last year that I've seen, um, how some people can graduate from college and they find the job that works for them. They work for the right person who wants to instill chiropractic into them, work hard. Yeah. Obviously, they need to graft as well. But when you see that, it's amazing to hear of these success stories of people that have been out you know, only a couple of years and they're so much further along than I was in that point. And yeah. that's so amazing to watch because sure, my opinion is if we continue to raise it and the generation after us is better than us because whatever we've done, the, the profession's only going to ever move forward. We're only ever going to have a greater reach and a greater impact. Yeah, the, of course it will. But uh, the, then the question is like, well, how do you uh, re reproduce this? And it's uh, something that I identified with like on a, on a microcosm mm -hmm. that I think all chiropractors, not all, but many chiropractors have this accidental success, okay. right? Because you don't know uh, business principles that, like, that any business would have. Chiropractic is no different than any other business once you're in the profession. And uh, we just think, oh, I'm so good. Uh, we heard this the other day from a, a student, of course. Well, uh, chiropractic's so good, or if you're good enough, you don't need to sell it. It sells itself. But then why are we at 3% on the market? Yeah, I mean, we, right? yeah. I mean, and so, like, chiropractic is really good. That's why some, like, small grassroots, one clinic blows up. Because chiropractic is so good, it's, it's yeah, you end up with this accidental success. It's so good, a couple key referrals, boom, your, your practice blows up. Now, however, how could you make that predictable, reproducible? And that requires systems, strategies, business principles, right? And there's too many, there's too much focus on these like um, shooting stars, these, this like bursting flame of like success, which is basically accidental. And admittedly, much of my success at the beginning was the same way. It was very accidental. It's just chiropractic is so good. I care about my clients. Okay, it went really well and really easy. As we start expanding into more and more clinics and more personnel, and I'm hiring in, I'm hiring chiropractors don't really know the principles and objective of chiropractic. They want to do the more tools in the tool bag approach that we always <laughs> laugh about. So we, Your analogy is good for that too yeah. about the electrician, the chainsaw. So for those of you who haven't heard this, I'm sure you will eventually if you haven't. When you go, you can go to seminars and people often end up saying, um, you need more tools in your tool bag. Yeah. But I've always thought, and we chat about this, always thought whenever I wrote, phone up, a plumber and the plumber's coming around to look after my pipes or I suppose the electrician's probably a better example he doesn't come around with a sledgehammer a chainsaw and a digger but it'd be great if he did because he's got more tools Johnny you need more tools so They're totally uh, irrelevant to his objective, yeah, exactly. to his objective but and, he's got more and tools. also as a as a let's say as a, as a service user if if I phone up an electrician he turns up to my house and he was in, you know, waterproof overalls, and he's got a plunger. Already I'm thinking, this guy can't do the job. 
you might have all the tools in the world. Brand new, shiny McCullough yeah. chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, great, good for him. I'm sure he's done lots of seminars, and I'm sure he knows how to do that. But is that the service that I really want to use him for? Yeah. Now, of course, I appreciate that uh, clinics are one of those few places where our own philosophy has to meet chiropractic philosophy. And within that ground, there could be some grey areas. But this argument of of more tools in the toolbox, I, yeah. I mean, surely more tools in the toolbox for us would mean mastering different techniques. Yeah. And even when you think about that, I still... And mastering chiropractic techniques. Yeah, definitely. Not mastering like a physical therapy technique or an osteopathic technique or an orthopedic technique or a massage technique or any one of the other licensed professionals that treat musculoskeletal problems. Yeah. But chiropractic techniques and that's the problem i think uh, it's it goes back to that insecurity the student is uh scared to death like it, in what you said at the beginning when we start chatting to feel safe right and a great way for people to feel safe in business if they don't own chiropractic they don't really know and understand and they don't they don't get its value they don't see how powerful and uh, its potential it's very easy to fall into that um those other modalities and these non-chiropractic tools in the tool bag because hey massage feels good oh definitely and, I'm in. and that sells itself right yeah. so business no problem i'm giving massages yeah, yeah yeah right and it's um so that lack of fortitude the ease of just going along to get along uh that's that's why a lot of these uh like young chiropractors struggle so hard in the practice because they're practicing something other than chiropractic and also, calling it chiropractic. And also, I can see, you know, it's very easy to get into this loop where, um, you know, chiropractic is this beautiful and simplistic thing when you know it in such depth. Yeah. However, you know, it does take a bit of time and work to get to that point. And if you didn't really have that grounding, it's certainly easy to start incorporating stuff yeah. that you feel can give quote unquote results. Yeah. To the person just because you know you, you give them a little bit of a dopamine hit or they feel slightly better afterwards yeah and then we feel like we're getting results and the reality is are we actually getting the results just because someone's feeling better have we actually helped them and do we are we sort of detrimental to even to these individuals because if we cover up a pain artificially are we truly helping them? yeah yeah maybe that pain that may be necessary definitely right. Definitely, and I and I appreciate you know people can say well we can this you know look between the two types of you know this is a critical type pain that is something yeah. we need to say. But as soon as you start meddling in that in that sort of second paradigm of yeah. chiropractic, um, things get uh, get interesting. But I wanted to go back to what you said before. So when you um, you've been lucky enough to employ some amazing chiropractors, and it seems as though you've got your little mini South Africa here. Lots of South Africans that have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many we like. Uh, yeah, now we have one, two, three, three at least, unless I'm counting wrong. But uh, at a time, it was a lot because it's really popular. Uh, the Afrikaans language yeah. very similar to Dutch, so it's a, an easy transition for them. And I think chiropractic is. Uh, you can certainly be a lot more successful here in the Netherlands than you can be in South Africa. And there's a certain method of practice in South Africa that. Um, it, it struggles. You know, they struggle to distinguish themselves from all the other musculoskeletal professions because they lack that understanding. So, with you and your experience, 
when you're getting a, a new chiropractor in, what's your sort of process that you go through to try and to try and reduce that gap between practice and what we've learned at college? And what's the what have you found the best way? You're losing your microphone. <laughs> yeah, the first thing is, um, and I do this. I think this is for all students. It doesn't matter where you go to school. Uh, you, you need a parallel curriculum along with the school's not providing enough, right? Because their um, their obligations are what you were talking about. They need um, to be f safe against legislation, whatever. Hey, Naomi. <laughs> um, one I'm of just, my I'm just, I'm just happy to just join by a great car right now. And, um, <laughs> you want to say hi? Hello. The, <laughs> the, uh, the I think uh, the parallel curriculum is necessary because the schools, they, um, it, it's an understandable, difficult position there, and they got to meet these like legal requirements, right? So, when when that becomes the the focus, then uh, you lose the the meat of and the essence and the objectives of real chiropractic. That's why um, we're reaching less of the market, right? Because the focus isn't on clinical success, understanding your profession and what you profess, right? And uh, then there's also the cry for more research, more research, which yeah. If those of you who've never heard Johnny speak, that's one of my favorite things when he talks about the beginning, like, um, you know, just like the more tools on the tool bag, there's also the, the second popular cry from students. We need, we just need more research. If we had more research, we, we, we'd be uh, on top. We'd be accepted, quote unquote. And I like how you, uh, you say, uh, why are you, what's the desire for more research when you've, um, you're not even looking at the current research. How much have you read of what exists now before this demand for more? Yeah, I, I'm, with this one particularly, I mean, we've got uh, the Journal of Vertebral Subluxation. There's a couple of other chiropractic-specific papers that the people behind them work so hard yeah. to generate chiropractic-specific research. And I, they must feel horrendous. <laughs> you know, they put all of this work in to generate amazing research, um, that can really help people in practice, and yet they constantly get shoved down their throat. Well, we haven't got research. It's not in a medical paper. Well, it's never going to be in a medical paper. Yeah. Why would why would that ever? Why would they research chiropractic? It's not their field. Right. On top of that, the other one that I've always been amazed at is, I mean, my math is a bit hazy, but eighteen ninety five was a long, long time ago. So either as a profession we have been amazing at getting pseudo results. Yeah. So we're either the world's best placebo or there's something <laughs> behind it. Yeah. And um, having experienced the new patient experience enough and seen a new, enough new clients, I've never had the question of, you know, what's the research behind right. this? I've certainly been asked the question, what have other people that have come to your clinic? Yeah how they experience yeah. the change or, or difference. I think it's just become a narrative that we've picked up as a profession. Well, so don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm super in for more research, like I'm definitely down. Yeah. However, you know, EJ was doing a lot at the start. Yeah. We're getting great results. And I think I struggled to find any clinic around the world that you could go into. Everyone's got a miracle story. It's, it's a shame that we have to, because uh, I do the same thing you're doing right now. It's a shame that we even have to qualify the statement. Like, hey, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm all for <laughs> Yeah, of course. It's a, shame, it's a shame that you have to say that, right? Yeah. Because it, it's, um, I always say, like, um, yeah, Johnny, do you love dogs? 
Yeah, Travis, I love dogs. Oh, you freaking cat hater. You hate cats. What did the cats ever do to you, Johnny? <laughs> like, I just start this straw man argument simply uh, assuming you said something you didn't. And to suggest that, like, hey, this research we have is great, or I think things should be based in logic, not based on evidence or research, or based on science. I think that's a poor uh, basis. And uh, But just because I think that's a poor basis, and I have a great justification for that, a very rational, reasonable one, it doesn't mean I'm against evidence. However, those that are very dogmatic about the science and the evidence, that's the reason you and I, because it is the popular narrative, that you and I feel we have to make this qualification. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, don't attack. <laughs> I love it. Evidence is great. I, I've been reading a lot of it often. Yeah. But it's also the other false dichotomy of like, oh, you, uh, you like principled chiropractic. Yeah. So you hate medicine. It's like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. If I cut my leg off. You get me to hospital. You give me, you give me that morphine. You give me everything going. You know, and uh, it's always a viewpoint that I found interesting. My sister's a GP, and I think, um, particularly in the UK, of course, there's some problems with our health system. But what an amazing development, and what amazing life changes that that these medical improvements can give to people's life. Now, of course, I'm not saying it's a perfect system, and there is inherent problems and and all of that stuff, but. This false dichotomy of being pro-chiropractic yeah. makes makes you anti-medicine. And often it's not that um, it's not that the that every system has problems, including medicine, including including chiropractic, chiropractic, yeah. political, financial, educational systems. All systems have problems. But I think in the medical system, their biggest uh, it's not where they fail; it's where the public fails in the utilization. It's it's a great it it has all these wonderful points in the medical system. But it's just constantly misused for, yeah. But where it's it's not effective, medicine is not effective in like lifestyle and things like that. Yeah, how, that's what how people are using it, right? They're not going to like a health coach, a nutritionist, a personal yeah. exercise. They're go, when they have a problem, they immediately go to medicine, mm-hmm. and that's um, they're not addressing things prior to. So it's like putting the cart before the horse. So you have this wonderful system for crisis and trauma. But people are using it for just like, hey, I coughed, sneezed, or farted wrong, and boom, I'm going to the GP. So you're misusing this system. This is a system for crisis and emergency, but we use it for, well, I'm inconvenienced today. Yeah. So I call it the GP. And then that's what makes it look like that system is a complete failure. It's not. It's like a failure of our ability to understand its utility. But is that as well something that you see happening in chiropractic? Of course. Yeah, and it's and the real saddening part is that's where it is in the schools. Um, I think a lot of the faculty they bully the. Um, what did I read the other day, like the sign of a good teacher, is that the students uh, um, are not influenced by your ideology. Well, I think that there's a. I, I don't know who. Right, if I'm a biomechanics yeah. instructor or a neuroscience instructor, you should walk out of there with knowledge about neuroscience or biomechanics. It shouldn't be about my political ideologies of chiropractic or medicine or even uh, yeah, politics in general, right? That, that's the sign of a very poor and insecure uh, instructor who is looking for safety in numbers and they want to influence the students to, uh, yeah, to grow their herd, their community, yeah. right? So they feel safer. I think one of the quotes, uh, particularly Tommy and I thought about a lot when we were starting to build the Chiropractic Y course was, and I forget the person, and I'll probably misquote it, so I'm really sorry, but it's, uh, 
The whole point of an education is to teach you how to think, yeah. not what to think. And I know... That's the distinct difference between education and schooling. Yeah. School, you get schooled, you get training. Yeah. And as a chiropractor, that's required. I'm not bashing school. I need to be trained. Oh, that and a hundred percent. Like I'm all for schooling. I'm not. I'm not against innate adjusting. Like teaching you, I'm doing that as an educated process. However, um, that being said, education is not something you get at a college. You go to a college to get schooled, to get training, especially for if you're in a profession like us, or if the the architect, uh, a hair cutter, a pilot, they need to be trained how to do that. How to think for yourself, well, that's very different. And that's where that parallel curriculum comes in and why I teach the, the liberal arts. So one of the quotes that I often say in talks is from yourself. And I'm still, actually, this is a good time. I want to know, did you come up with this quote or did you steal it? The quote is something like, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, logic is to philosophy what maths is to science. science yeah is that correct yeah did you is that yours that's me can i officially yes tc <laughs> yeah. 2020 yeah 2020 gosh yeah and that came up uh, only because um i is because of this false narrative in chiropractic that uh, everything should be science 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 and um and plus this idea that philosophy is like some philosophy is religious or some way yeah right i had to, i remember there was an email uh, strand and some comments in our particular association here and someone said I'm very scared of these uh, dangerous chiropractors that are uh, that use uh, that utilize philosophy how dare them the love of wisdom they're using the love of wisdom I feel safe dangerous. in the of people that hate wisdom is that what you're saying like uh, you know loving wisdom is a dangerous thing the other one as well that I get a lot is uh, there's no room for for chiropractic chiropractic philosophy or philosophy and chiropractic. There's no room for love of wisdom yeah, in this profession. Yeah. We also, should just get rid of wisdom. Also on top of that, when you go into the classic sort of disciplines and branches of philosophy, so there's no politics in chiropractic. I certainly see a lot of politics. And also, some of it's good. Some of it's good. <laughs> Thank you for everyone who goes out and does that politics stuff. And, I and ethics. Ethics is one of the biggest yeah. things. And with this whole patient-centered or whatever, right? Um, more political weaponry, that's all that really is. But uh, that's why it's so important, because whatever field of uh, philosophy you are studying, uh, you can't apply that without logic. And that's why I came up with that uh, statement, or as you say, quote, uh, because I don't know a single scientist, uh, geologist, uh, biologist, whatever, that doesn't know addition and subtraction. I would laugh at the, someone who claimed to be a scientist, but doesn't understand basic math. However... We've got many philosophers. Now, this whole talk, we've been talking most about one extreme impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's another one that, like, very extreme. I, I call them very spiritualistic. And what they've done is really misrepresented the philosophy. And they don't understand the first thing about logic. They're just repeating what they get from these books, right? So, um, if you don't understand uh, addition and subtraction, there's no way you can be a scientist. If you don't understand like conjunction, disjunction, negation, conditional statements, like the operators of logic, you're not a philosopher, mm -hmm. right? And just memorizing 33 principles doesn't mean you understand 33 principles. You simply know that, which is why, and that's knowledge or science. Science is Latin for CRA, to know knowledge. And so that's the other extreme. They have all this evidence, data, and knowledge. So what? That's like the same person 
that's memorized the 33 principles is really no different than the person that's memorized every uh, study or research paper. Yeah. You only have knowledge. Without understanding, that, that is worthless. Worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at best. At worst, it's used as political weaponry, and that's what they use against one another. And it's often those spiritualists that misrepresent our philosophy that are constantly antagonizing mm-hmm. the other extreme, making them want to be so disassociated with that irrational behavior, which I understand. I feel the same. However, I don't go to the, the, the other extreme like they do and want to crush our lexicon, our concepts, and all that, simply because some other people misrepresented it, mm-hmm. right? So that's where we get this incredible polarization in the profession. So, obviously, um, I know you pretty well by now, and I know that you are a big fan of Strauss. So, for you within your journey, um, sorry, just to clarify, Strauss um, is one of the most amazing chiropractic uh, philosophy authors wrote uh, numerous texts that we refer to as the Blue Books. Um, if you don't have any, I think they're all pretty available on um, on Amazon. Somewhere online. And the, sh- and the best one to get is really the one you got right there, the philosophy of chiropractic. And so for you, why do you find a blue book more accessible than a green book? Because I know you said this before. Yeah. Expand on that for me a little bit. Well, I know there's a lot of like um, traditionalists that really look, and I'm very traditional to the principles. But I'm not really uh, bound by the author or like this uh, idol worship, you know. I, I mean, I think what BJ did was great, but he made some mistakes. Strauss was uh, brilliant, but he makes mistakes. You and I make mistakes. I make more than everyone for sure. <laughs> but uh, Strauss just speaks to me the best. It's uh, The language is more contemporary. Mm-hmm. It's not written like long ago, like BJ. And Strauss to me is uh, more to the point. So um, I, I do enjoy the history. Uh, and I think it's important, Simon Sensen, I like the way he talks about that. That provides incredible context, yeah. which is necessary. I mean, if I want to drink my coffee, it's certainly nice to have it in the cup. The cup is the context. It what holds the coffee. It's very difficult to drink the coffee poured directly onto the table. Yeah. Right? So the content's the same, but if it's a pile on the table, it's difficult to drink. Within a good context, it's easy for me to grasp. And that's what the history is great for, and everyone should be somewhat familiar um, however, the content itself, uh, it, Strauss speaks to me the best. The way he forms his content. I mean, for me, Strauss um, had a huge role when I first started studying chiropractic. Also, I remember asking somebody for a recommendation. I was still at school yeah. on what to start, and they recommended The Bigness of the Fellow Within. And for those of you who don't know, it is a book that is ridiculously thick, it's uh, got this amazing classical look to it. So when you open it up, possibly the most intimidating book I've ever opened. And I remember started reading, um, I think if I'm correct, it starts with the story of, um, you know, a slip is a small thing uh, leading to a, to a big thing. Yeah, exactly. So I got through that and I was kind of in, and then it, then it just starts going. And I remember it wasn't many days before I gave up. And somebody redirected me into Strauss. And I found that so accessible. Yes. The language, like you said, was a lot easier. Yeah. And he's Obviously, very direct. Very, very, but also, a brilliant mind when he's writing, the clarity that that gives. And I know um, another one of a guy that we know, Sam Higgs, he really 
puts a lot of uh, his understanding and his the beginning of his passion down to Strauss. I know we spoke about that book at quite some length with him about how those ideas that he previously heard and hadn't really quote unquote got, which is another one of my pet hates, the they didn't get it story, rather than we didn't explain it well, they didn't get it. Um, and Sam, Sam really hits it on the head just about how accessible it is. So you, would that be a recommendation for anybody out there? It is and has been every, uh, I, it's, uh, there are not many weekends at this house where I don't have like chiropractic students or chiropractors here for the weekend. And anytime like, uh, they're new, like it's their first time here. That's the, that's the only book I recommend. Like I don't recommend any other books because it, like you said, I can't imagine picking up the bigness of the fellow within or any other one of the green books and just jumping in you, you more success reading like, uh, being in nothingness by Jean-Paul Sartre. That that might be easier. Just start with Strauss. This book, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the best. Anyone can understand it. I would recommend it to many of our uh, legislators, administrators, uh, faculty, uh, accreditation bodies, and anyone serving on those. I would highly recommend this book. And I've just, just looked it up. Super easy. Amazon, Amazon comes up straight straight away. Delivered pretty quick, so there's no excuses. Um, I'll try and somehow link that in uh, in the notes for this podcast. So if people want to get onto this, is your this isn't mine. This is your version. Yeah, this is mine. There's ends up with a couple of coffee stains, lots of uh, sticky notes. There's probably a mixture of pen, highlighters, and everything. I used to be very productive with my books. Then I realised it was a bit pointless because they're there for me to learn. So I might as well doodle all over them. So, so that, that's, uh, that, that book's taking some battering and it's gone everywhere with me. I, an older, I have a newer edition. Well, that's because you're newer and cooler than me, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, so, so busy, busy year coming up. What's, yeah. what's in the plans to sort of march onwards? What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm not sure when this podcast released, but uh, coming up, I have a, uh, a board of directors meeting with the IFCO, the International Federation of Chiropractic Organizations. Um, and then I'm speaking to some students at uh, a university there close by then i'm going to a seminar after and this is great i'm just going to enjoy and i'm just going to listen it was great uh later in the year i will speak at the wccs uh their agm i think that's in toronto and well naomi's here she knows best president of the wccs 10th to the 17th of july july yeah okay so that's right after our top Cairo uh, biannual meeting. And then, let's see, and I think pretty good up until September, which you've already seen my September as far this as I know fun. now. Yeah. I'll be attending some other great conferences too, like uh, summer camp. Um, I think that's just, uh, I think that's the first weekend in August. I'm not sure. And then I'll also go to the, or the second weekend in August. I'll also go to the Edinburgh Lectures with Ross McDonald. Which is always does, amazing. Yeah, he does a great job. Brings And also, um, what an amazing mission now to get behind of a new college. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, the small glimpses that I've had into that world, all hats off to everyone involved in that because it's not a small project. And certainly something, in my personal opinion, and I could be wrong, that we certainly need within the UK a real principled school. I agree 100%, and he does a lot of hard work. I think, um, yeah, it's just a great conference. Last year was my first year. I really loved it, and uh, it's another reason why I'm a part of the IFCO. 
Sean Dill spoke out there uh, at Edinburgh Lecture. Sean Dill and Lacey Book. And there's something he said that was so profound for me. I could sum up his whole talk in like one statement. And that is, um, well, I shouldn't do it. Like you, you flew out here to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you boarded the plane, did you board the plane based on who was flying? No. You boarded that plane because it was going to the destination that you desired. You desired this destination. That's why you boarded that plane. That's why I'm on the IFCO. It doesn't matter who the leadership or whatever it is. I'm a part of the IFCO because of its destination and what it means for chiropractic. And it's one of the, um, uh, it also contributes to the Scotland Fund, the Scotland College of Chiropractic, also contributes to the Foundation for Vertebral Subluxation. That's why the IFCO for me is a, yeah, you should join right now. Uh, well, <laughs> funny enough, I have certainly been, so what's the website? I'll get to it. Uh, Let's see how long this takes me to do. IFCO Cairo. I have COCairo.org, I believe. Perfect. And then you just click. So while while we're chatting away, I will um, hand on my heart. I've been this has been on my to-do list, and now you've forced me to do it. So I will definitely before the end of this, I will make sure that's 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 done. So and then September, you're going to join me in Cairo. Wow, this is possibly the the greatest chiropractic trip. Yeah, man. Tell it's us about this car event. event. It's uh, it's in September. I've got a lot of other things going in September. I'll also speak at the the German Association. They have a great event there. Lots of awesome speakers on the I think the weekend of eighteenth, nineteenth, and in Dusseldorf, beautiful city. And then uh, what else? We, we've also got Axiom Seminar. You've been to that. It's always, always phenomenal. Great. September fourth and fifth. But at the end of the month, I have um, uh, we also have the ACP in there too, and. Greece, Athens. True. I'll see you there as well. You tell. Um, ACP is an amazing course. Um, but at the end of the month, we leave for Cairo, Egypt. And it's a trip put together by Sally and Shady. Amazing people. They're like the best hosts. And if you love uh, Egypt and all the archaeology. I'm hearing about your stories from the last ones. Yeah, amazing. I went in 2018. It was probably the most amazing trip. After the first four days, I was like, like how much more can they deliver? How much more can we see, right? And uh, it just kept going, man. Then we're doing a hot air balloon over the Valley of Kings in the morning. We see the Nile. We do like a four-day cruise on the Nile. You go, uh, you do um, diving or... And you also learn lots of chiropractic. Yeah, and (laughs) I'll be giving some lectures there. That's like a a small chunk. But uh, this is the best way to see um, Egypt, I think, is to go with people that know the area, speak the language. It's a small group. We have a private tour bus. And then in the evenings, I'll be talking about the liberal arts and mostly how they apply to chiropractic. But that's why it would benefit. There's a couple non-chiropractors coming as well. And that, um, yeah, I'll get value out of it. Awesome. So, so, so I am now uh, an official IFCO member. So if you are out there uh, listening into this, give someone just a 30-second why they should join the IFCO and support an organization that supports chiropractic. Uh, real simple, this profession's filled with a lot of people. And uh, if you want to stop being one of the complainers, one of the takers, yeah, open your clinic and just how do I get more money from the public in the market and not care about what the, the profession is doing for me, but just take, 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 take from the profession. Uh, you can turn that all around and also be a, have a, a good relationship with the profession and give back. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't like politics. I'm not into politics. Well, then give your money and time to someone that can handle politics. Yeah, yeah I mean, these guys do incredible work. work. That's, uh, it's, it's not an easy job. job and I know 
whenever you're at the top of the tree, you're always up for uh, a little bit of criticism, which is yeah. part and parcel. But uh, anybody who's involved in any sort of chiropractic organisation, legislation in my book, deserves a medal because um, I don't know whether I would have the patience. Yeah, criticism's easy to give and uh, not so easy to receive. Uh, but uh, actually contributing to the profession, get, having a relationship with the profession, knowing that like your success depends on how the profession grows. <coughs> the more the profession grows, the more we all grow. Right? The tide rises all ships. But so many people are just take, take, take from the profession. Yeah. And I get asked for help all the time. And I, honestly, I've, I've really gotten to the point. I do want to help everyone. But now the first question I ask is like, what are you doing? Before I help you with your business, what are you doing to help the profession? Right. One of the, one of the, the many statements that I still remember from Sean Dilley, support is conditional, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a lovely concept, particularly when you apply it to the IFCO. And, and of course, there are loads of other great organizations out there, the SCA, the UCA do a phenomenal job. Um, but yeah, the UCA, I didn't really... They came on my radar. I saw you at that conference yeah. last year. I spoke there first time. First time I was ever at the conference too, and it was Naomi was there with us. That's a that's a good conference. Yeah, and right. some highly motivated people. It was inspiring. And this does a great job in, in putting that, that program together. So, so as we come to a close, close the final question, question always the same one, one. very boring. boring. Why well, not very boring at all? For not for me. Why is the philosophy of chiropractic so important. Hmm. I think the, it's not even I think, I am certain that philosophy is so important to chiropractic because it's certain that anything anyone does, philosophy is really understanding. So uh, if any financial decisions you make, any chiropractic or clinical decisions I make, business, it, it all comes down to understanding. Right? Knowledge is not power. I, I mean, it, Knowledge is just information, and that can be correct or incorrect. Misinformation is also information. So knowledge is not power. It's um, how well you understand it, right? And that's what philosophy is. It's that, like, keystone in the middle. So, yeah, I have all this science or, or knowledge, but without an understanding of it, it's purely worthless. It's like having data on that computer, but you don't have a processor. Hey, I got all this data, information, knowledge, science, research, whatever. Worthless without a processor. Right? And that's what philosophy is. It's an understanding of knowledge. That's why I think that's a better basis once they philosophy itself. And then uh, the art or the technique, that's the application of what the science and the philosophy. An application of what I know and what I understand. That's what I live for. That's why you need all three. But if I would say, um, well, that's to answer your question. That's why philosophy is so important. But it's the basis of uh, chiropractic. Chiropractic should be based on, or founded on, or not should be, it is, if anyone that uh, understands, it, it's really based on logic and reasoning, right? Because it's logic that uh, directs the science and the research. It's logic that validates our principles and philosophy. It's logic that um, our technique must conform to, right? If your technique does not conform to reason or logic, science and research. Which direction should it go in? A reasonable and logical direction. 
not just what suits my political gain or my uh, position at a, an accrediting body or a university or an association. To me, logic is the base. Uh, calling science or evidence the base, evidence-based, as a, a grave error because evidence is always changing. That's the great thing about science. New innovations, new discoveries, so it's always changing, which makes for a terrible base. Logic never changes. Mathematics never change. Addition and subtraction do not change. Science will change, but the math that is required to apply sciences does not. So it makes for a better base. No different than philosophy, right? Philosophy will change, but you should always use reason. Reason and logic does not change. It makes for a very strong base. It's my idea, that, uh, my opinion that in not in too many years from now, we're going to look back in this whole evidence-based movement is going to be one of the like, greatest intellectual embarrassments of our generation. Right? We're going to look back and go, what were we thinking, basing everything on evidence? That's like basing things on emotion. Right? That's not state. It's constantly changing as it should. Right? I hope that answers your question. That's a perfect, perfect answer. And finally, um, I know that... Uh, there'll be some, some people who want to get in touch, touch with you. Um, what's, what's the best, best way, way to do that? that? Um, other, other thing is, I know that you are always uh, on the lookout for people to join the Top Cairo team, and you've got some uh, opportunities coming up with that. Just let people know how to get in touch with you and, and um, what opportunities you have coming up. Uh, there's <coughs> always, um, in fact, we're going to be uh, growing quite, quite a bit in the future. So we really are looking for great chiropractors who are looking to make it huge impact and um, take on a lot of responsibility and get rewarded uh, financially and uh, philosophically as well. So if those people want to contact us and work as part of our team, then uh, just get a hold of me at tcthedc at gmail.com or you can hit me up on Facebook Messenger. Most of the students hit me on Facebook Messenger, so just send me a friend request and then send me a message. If not, uh, which I, I think more and more people are staying away from social media, which is good. But uh, if so, then hit me with DC, the DC, as you know. Perfect. Thank, Thank you so much, Travis, for giving up some time. Thanks for hosting me. I hope uh, everyone listening got um, a little bit out of that, some things to think on uh, throughout your day and the week in practice. But please go out there, deliver chiropractic in its purest form to change as many lives and impact your community. Have a great day, a great week, and we shall see you next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Perfect.